Hello everybody, FPL Teacher here, bringing you the review of the Loth London Derby, where the away side finally won since 2014. We, could, we look at what Arsenal did owing to a massive Ramsdale masterclass to secure a 2-0 victory, but at the same time analysing what Spurs interestingly did to implement several key players back into the starting eleven. Spurs brought about three key changes in the starting eleven that greatly affected the tempo as well as the passing patterns of their side. First and foremost, we saw Pape Sa play in midfield alongside Hoiberg and this really affected the way they cycled the ball down the left where usually a central midfielder would drop between centre-back and outside centre-back in order to progress the ball down the left flank. But more interestingly here, without central midfield reliability, the likes of Ryan Sessegnon really just bombed himself up into the final third, playing instead of Ivan Perisic. Now, this meant that creation really relied heavily on the right side where Kulusevski deservedly created a lot of space for the Spurs forwards. The summary of Spurs game goes like this. They were incredibly frail in the opening half, conceded two goals and proceeded to come up with multiple solutions going into the second half, denied by a couple of world-class saves from Ramsdale eventually coming up short. So really let's assess this in three stages where number one, Spurs were extremely fragile at the back due to the makeup of their back three as well as their midfield two. They were basically extremely easily pressed by Arsenal's front four and at the same time their ball retention in the final third somehow fell short especially with three forwards potentially pressing Arsenal's back two as well as Thomas Partey. A key factor to their sluggish start in this particular match was the monotonous pace as well as the abilities of the three forwards as well as the two wingbacks. Sessignon was basically marked by Bukayo Saka diligently on the left flank, so it took to Sessignon making diagonal runs similar to the one Perisic made in previous games in order to genuinely play in the likes of Son and Kulusevski in the first half itself. Now the second stage involved exaggerating their advantage that they had using Kulusevski. The idea of overloading Granit Zaka is not something many teams have done, but Kulusevski's intelligence was able to put Granit Zaka out of position, also utilizing the fact that Zinchenko was extremely narrow, eventually coaxing a few of Spurs' other teammates further up the pitch. This happened accidentally when Hoiberg drifted all the way to the right flank with the opposition at the end of the first half, but in the second things really turned it up where Richarlison drifted and was introduced and drifted into the right space while eventually the likes of Son and Kane also bombed into the right half space to take a lot of shots themselves. In the end, Conte tried to introduce more volatility by adding penalty area presences in the box by bringing Perisic on and such. But really, as the right continued to create for the left, they also took a lot of quote-unquote rebound shots that were low percentage from range, and that was how the game ended. For FPL purposes, we at least know that Conte will build on certain advantage areas moving into the second half, but really, they just lacked a key moment to turn the game around. They had several, including Son's big chance, as well as Kane's missed shots, but 
really at this stage, we know that Spurs just lacked that last bit of luck going for them in order to take control of big games. Arsenal. This time Arteta reacted wisely in his initial tactical setup, having Bukayo Saka as mentioned earlier tracking the likes of Ryan Sessignon. However, really the key thing here that he did well was utilizing Thomas Party as quote unquote the free man at the back. Without really being pressed by a designated attacking midfielder of Spurs, Partey could utilize his dribbling ability to break through the relatively soft pressures of Kulusevski and Son just venturing really into the final third himself, playing in the likes of Bukayo Saka himself on the right flank. If you were to watch any official highlight video, the pattern is consistent. Party plays a direct pass down the right side, Saka turns Ryan Sessignon inside out and he would either force a really awkward save out of Loris, if not just the own goal really. That connection, combined with the fact that Spurs could not play out of their own half in the first half, meant that Arsenal basically bullied that flank constantly, eventually crossing for the far post for the likes of Martinelli to play in Ketia, who hit the bar. Apologies, Thomas Partey was the one that hit the bar, and eventually Arsenal just did enough for the likes of Odegaard to receive a cutback from that same zone by Bukayo Saka to score from range. So we really have to give plaudits to Arteta's game management in the second half, basically reacting extremely quickly to what Conte brought on. For example, when Richarlison came on, he brought Kieran Tierney on as a response as an additional fullback on the left side. Similarly, in order to counter the additional central presence that Kulusevski brought, Zinchenko was brought off for Tomiyasu, who was a more assertive and disciplined fullback despite playing as a right footer on the left side. Now, for FPL purposes, we have to acknowledge that the popular narrative surrounding Arsenal is that we should own two attackers and one defender. The eternal question always surrounds whether we can find more value for money than Ben White at 4.7 million. Usually through aerial threats from corners through Gabriel and Saliba in the early parts of the season, Ramsdale now comes into the conversation as a goalkeeper that can take control of key moments throughout the match. Now, we have seen that Fulham has demonstrated extreme value at the back through Bern Leno, and perhaps we should take a leaf out of that page here by exercising Ramsdale considering him as our defensive option when Arsenal imminently have their double game week. At the same time, we also have to say that Bukayo Saka and Martin Odegaard simply are factors, presences, influences that are way too big to ignore. No matter how much value we've stored in Martin Ali, perhaps now is the time to switch over to Odegaard as his stock continues to rise and the question really is just about whether you treat Bukayo Saka as a premium midfielder after his second assist for Loriza's own goal was unfairly chalked off. The conclusion to this match 
really reflects the overarching meta where everyone basically has a lot of money in the bank because we own so many Arsenal and Man United assets. The key here is the framework, the mental framework around owning a premium asset so-called where the likes of Bukayo Saka and Martin Odegaard take control of key moments when we've seen so many high-profile clashes with a few more to come up with Liverpool playing Chelsea and Arsenal Man United on the horizon. So really, the question is, is anybody worth that extra 5 million in the bank that you have that will potentially take control of these by being an influential presence in the final third? This is FPL Teacher who will review Crystal Palace Man United up next to perhaps propose a new premium player that has not been talked about enough.